0: good morning and welcome to the original loretta brown show radio to open the heart heal the soul and awaken the consciousness oh benny yes ma'am halloween is on saturday very
1: very close and so is this all expected full moon
0: blue moon right yes the full blue moon correct the full blue moon once in a blue moon something (laughs) wonderful happens and here we are who knew? It would be us. That's right. Oh, and also, so, you don't know, forget,
1: if I don't mind me interrupting, uh, Fall oh, Back is coming up. So don't forget to adjust your clocks, everybody. Thank you.
0: I'm falling Sorry. back to when I was 20. Yeah. Falling back.
1: Don't we all That's want right. that?
0: Oh, <laughs> 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 well, you know, sometimes I wish I could go back and do things over again with the uh, uh, wisdom that I now have. From... Don't we all? <laughs> yeah, I didn't do some of Some really good choices, and then some were pretty good, right? You know, like my kids. Mm -hmm. But you know, there was some other stuff in there. Yeah, just just part of life. Yeah. So you know, I'm going to ask about Halloween.
1: About what I'm doing?
0: Oh yeah. But I
1: I can't tell you. I told you I I can only do it on the day of, or maybe (laughs) the Friday. I'll do it maybe Friday.
0: All right, okay, that sounds good. Yeah,
1: I mean, I, I'll tell you're... you off air. I don't want to be, you know, okay, it's a really big competition for me and for everyone around here. I can't give it away because I don't want to, you know, take away that edge that I might have. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, I, I don't want you to reveal it. I just want to know if you came up with
1: something. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. Why, that's why I'm growing out my hair. <laughs> Just leave it at that. There's not much left, but that's all I can could, I could get up going.
0: <laughs> that is way too much of a cliffhanger for me. I can't wait to hear. That's my point. Gonna, that's my you're point. You're gonna post pictures, aren't you? I'll how
1: send you. That? I'll send you the the character who I wish to portray, so to speak. Okay. Yes.
0: All right. And you know, I I know how to keep a secret. Yeah, I know you. Can. Oh yeah, I do. <laughs> What about your kids? Are they doing anything? Are they having anything for the kids for Halloween? Uh, Christmas?
1: Yeah, we're yeah. going to try to do a little bit of, you know, going out. Nothing too wild. We'll see how everyone else in the neighborhoods are. You know, some are doing things and others aren't. So it's dependent on that. Uh, They're just going to yeah, be yeah. standard characters some put on some masks and staying safe.
0: Stay, stay safe. Yep. Yeah, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. So I know everybody out there is dealing with COVID and everybody's in different communities yeah. that are have different regulations around thoughts
1: and ideas around it thoughts and Mm -hmm. ideas
0: yeah so stay safe stay well Yep. and stay warm if you're in certain areas yeah it might be a little
1: chilly so i have an extra coat or bundle up yep that's for sure yeah
0: Yeah, just have some fun i think family time is super important Mm -hmm. and um especially when we've been separated from each other like we have been yes yeah
1: or sometimes too much if you're in the same house you can't (laughs) leave
0: Maybe it's time I, to. I,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. You
0: picked up on the thought I had going, now wait a yep. minute, Loretta. Some of my clients are complaining about all that. Yeah, they've going, had too much do? family time. Yeah, we had too much family time. And, uh, and uh, are, is your office open? Can I come over right. for like four hours? Exactly. <laughs> right. That's funny. So, anyway, thanks for tuning in. Like I said, I'm Loretta Brown and um, I'm the owner of Reiki Oasis. I've been in business 26 years. We are still out there, and you can find more about my business at ReikiOasis.com. Sign up for everything at schedule.reikioasis.com. And every Sunday morning at 11, I do host a meditation. I realize many of you might have other things to do on a Sunday morning. But the meditation is really just to give you a a safe place to quiet, to center, and to maybe give yourself a little bit of self-care, maybe be inspired maybe re- renew yourself, that sort of a thing. And if you cannot make it to the meditation, I do record it and I do send it to you. It is by donation, zero to $22. So anybody can attend. You sign up at schedule.reikioasis.com. And also a big shout out to my listeners. Thank you. I am a listener supported show. And you can go to patreon.com slash the Loretta Brown show and uh, become part of the family very very quick uh, check in with astrology because I want to spend a lot of time talking with my guests today but like we said there is a blue moon coming up on Saturday once in a blue moon this is a full moon in the sign of Taurus it is called the hunter moon and uh, (laughs) I sometimes think that might make you want to howl at the moon so take it easy Take calm yourself down, just calm down. My son always says that just calm down now, right? But a blue moon occurs when there are two full moons in any one calendar month. We began October with a full moon in Aries, very fiery energy, and we end with a full moon in the grounded, stabilizing sign of a Taurus, and that's on the 31st. And so We haven't had a full moon on Halloween since 1944, whoo. So it is once in a blue moon, the full moon is called a micro moon because it's further away from Earth than normal. So the moon may appear smaller but don't think that it has less effect on us. It's going to be kind of an emotional moon. Some of my clients are already talking about how they've been doing a lot of crying lately And grief is kind of a companion this year. So take it easy, you know, be there for each other. So while this moon may stir things up and notify us of what needs to be released in our lives, it may not have the strength to get us all the way through that. And we might have to wait till the next full moon in November, which happens to be an eclipse. And I'll talk more about that later. Now, since it's Halloween, the veil between the worlds will be thinner than normal, allowing access to our dearly departed loved ones, as well as our intuition. And also Uranus, the planet of sudden and surprising news is conjunct this blue moon. So which means there is a chance for some very surprising and possibly shocking information to come to the surface. And I am always hopeful that that will be good news good news everything is good news in some level so this moon like I said is going to stabilize us it is a a luminous in in other words it illuminates things it brings things to the light and so I just suggest that on this blue Halloween moon this full moon that you light a candle for those you love who have passed on and honor not only those who have passed but the things in your life that have passed this year And there's so many things that have died this year it is a normal cycle of life and death but it can be rocky for us so honor the ones that matter most to you even if it's a little painful and i want you to let nature let god guide you in knowing how to deal with death and rebirth death is the greatest unknown for us as we walk this life but we don't need to be afraid Honour everything, know that nothing is ever really lost, but circles around in a new way. And it is the law of the universe that nothing is ever destroyed, it's only reborn. So with that, everybody take a deep breath because my heart is with you as always, and my own heart. And um, it's just kind of a weird uh, segue into my guess, but it's kind of appropriate. If you've ever been to Napa Valley, or you've had a wonderful wine from Napa Valley, California, you're going to really enjoy my show today. My guest is Bonnie Meyer. She has lived her life set in the romantic era of Napa Valley. Bonnie and her husband, Justin Meyer, the late legendary winemaker, established and owned two wineries, and they also shared a very deep and abiding love. The ups and downs of life and business, and along with a few prominent wineries of the time, they actually revolutionized the Napa Valley and its wine scene. Bonnie has written an intimate and thoughtful and vulnerable love story about her life called Perfectly Paired, The Love Affair Behind Silver Oak Cellars. And I believe that they do share a love that comes once in a blue moon, Bonnie. You're here (laughs) at the perfect day. Her book is just simply filled with deep grief and abiding love. And she shares wisdom and advice for living a full life with purpose. Bonnie is also currently the principal of Meyer Family Enterprises. And after selling Silver Oaks Cellar, she's now a partner in the Meyer Family Cellars bonnie welcome to the show thank you (laughs) and i'm going to show my youtube people and people on the radio my apologies when i show visuals you know you can always watch the youtubes later right or or see it but this is the cover of your lovely book and perfectly paired and there are the wine glasses and there's the love right there it's just beautiful wonderful. I enjoyed your book so much. You have such a rich and full life and of course we want to talk about how you met Justin and how you ended up living this rather extraordinary life. So goodness, where do we begin, right? <coughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so
2: I've I've written this book. Uh, it was a um, People for decades have asked me to write a book about my love story. And I uh, didn't necessarily wanna do that because it, I just figured it was my personal story. Yeah. But I realized I could share some wisdom and thoughts along the way. And so that's, that's why, why I did it, why I jumped into it. But the story that people wanted me to tell was how I met um, a monk and married him and why he left the monastery so that that's the beginning really the beginning of the story Uh, they wanted to know the intimate details of how that happened um you
0: know i i from one woman to another i'm like wow you're amazing you know (laughs) so god was maybe in your corner or something was going on there. But please tell us, how did you meet Justin? How did this all come about? Mm-hmm.
2: So we happened, I, I met Justin in my first month at uh, UC Davis, and he was finishing his uh, master's degree there. I was invited to a birthday party. I brought my guitar, um, encouraged by the young man that brought me to this professor's house. And When I brought my guitar out to sing happy birthday, Justin's eyes just lit up and he went and he got his banjo and we started singing songs at the dining room table and then later retired to the family room and sang for hours after that. And so we were fast friends um, based on music. A few months later, we, we realized that we were in love with each other And it it was when he, well, there was a moment. (laughs) There there was a moment where he turned to me and kissed me and said he was in love with me and I was startled. And then I had to search my own heart and realize that I had fallen in love with him as well. And after that, uh, it was about five years of struggle, actually, where we were completely dedicated to keeping our hearts open and loving each other and being in relationship with each other and dedicated to the idea of non-attachment. And, and uh, I believe that was those five years of really practicing non-attachment that where, where we knew that we would not be together. We were just, we were just loving each other without any, um, you know, future idea about being together, and it was that that uh, created this strong foundation for our relationship. And that non-attachment continued. You know, we certainly we he we uh, we married and raised a family, and we all of life planned together. But at the same time, uh, we both experienced a extreme freedom within our relationship to just be who we who we were and uh, I since learned that non-attachment is an important spiritual principle and yeah
0: I, I I'm thinking while you're talking because you you share so beautifully in the book this journey um that the two of you were really on in until the time you got married and then even after that like like somehow that meeting between the two of you was divinely appointed if I could put it that way and, and I also was thinking while I was reading a, I, I wasn't actually thinking non-attachment but you put that into good words about how y- it took how long from the time you met him until you got married five years five, seven years five years five yeah yeah and yeah. that is a long time because it's my understanding he was a monk and yes, <laughs> <laughs> right and, yes. and so you tried to date other people and and i understand that he spent a hundred days up in the mountains trying to figure out what to do mm-hmm. yes yeah. yeah it
2: was, a, it, was a, it was it was definitely a, a time of uh, struggle and soul searching for both of us and yes i i was very busy dating other other young men in college, um, just knowing again that that brother Justin and I wouldn't be together. And he was really dedicating his life um, to the Christian Brothers, running Christian Brothers Winery, which is actually um, one of the largest wineries in the country at that time. And so his his hands were really full.
0: Was was that back in the early
2: nineteen seventies, late? 1960 that
0: was it that was the late late 60s early 70s yes yeah Yeah. putting that into context for the listeners and i also understand that at one point you had thought about being a nun i i
2: i did (laughs) and and um kind of at the last minute i decided i i really did want to want to have a family and i i liked young men (laughs) (laughs) it's a
0: good thing to know before you get in there yeah (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> so, um, but you know that was a that was something that we shared. You know that same idea of dedicating your life to something, yeah, uh, a greater purpose. And you know sometimes people ask me, well, how do you, you know, how was Silver Oak so successful, and what do you think made it so successful? And and uh, it was us bringing those values that. You know, we, a lot of, a lot of uh, companies will have values up on a sign, but mm-hmm. they don't really live them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in our case, we really did live them. And, and um, those values where we really deeply ex- respected each um, of our employees and our customers and our, and our distributors, where we really um, there was a spirit of generosity and kindness and a, but also a spirit of fun we decided early on that fun was what going to be one of our most important values and I believe the wines were infused with all of these things plus this deep love that we had for each other and um, I, I, and 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 we didn't really set out to have a super successful winery we set out to we set out to make really good wine and have a good time doing it but i think in the process of dedicating ourselves to those those things um really made it a great a great success
0: i'm i'm hearing so much in what you're saying and you've already answered a couple of my questions because it's really clear to me that you dedicated and committed yourself to each other and your love, but you also had this higher calling or this faith, right? Because you, your faith was important to you. Your beliefs were important to you as they were to Justin. Mm -hmm. And it's also my understanding in reading your book that, you know, he lived a life of contemplation for like 15 years as a monk and continued that throughout his life. Oh.
2: I used to tell him I never would have married him if he hadn't have been a monk for 15 oh. years.
0: Because <laughs> he came from a rough background and also, yeah. And I I also am a firm believer in that constant tapping into that higher guidance, right? Mm-hmm. It creates magic or something. It, it, there's a guiding hand to everything that we do. Mm-hmm. And I very much feel that in your in your life in your hearts in your story and with him and it's just like i don't even know how to put it into words um your love definitely came through what you developed and into the wine and into the earth and into the plants and it sounds really lofty and romantic but you know it's the way loretta is right i think it's i think it's real definitely you know i think it's real so Mm. there's a there's a a uh, deep abiding legacy in that concept right mm-hmm. yeah
2: well and it just makes it just simply makes life better you know when um i see so many people struggle in their in their life in their work in their business and they think they have to push hard and and struggle and make things happen uh when you allow love and you listen to what needs to be done next it just makes life so much easier and more
0: beautiful so uh what did your parents say when you said you were marrying a monk
2: <laughs> my my mother my, my mother was <laughs> a little abashed she she uh and she somehow she didn't think that was proper and my father was wondering if he liked
0: sex <laughs> <laughs> that was so great i just think that's so spot on uh, which of course without you know giving away all the secrets of your book um apparently he did and so did yes you. right <laughs> yes yeah it's interesting because you allude in your book to um sacred sex right tantra and that at one point you had read a book on it and i really liked uh justin's response to that and also your ultimate response to it was something along the line of of, uh well in fact maybe i should let you say it what was your response to that ultimately like did you need a book or what
2: (laughs) yeah um yeah, I read this book. I thought it sounded fascinating, and and it involved a lot of ritual. and And Justice said, "No way, I don't do any of that. That's you know," and um, but over time, as I understood it better, I, I realized that we, you can find your own way. People made all of this stuff up. Yes, you know, all of these rituals and all of these ideas are made up by somebody, and it, which means. That we have it deep within us yes. we just ha- yeah we're, yeah, and so we
0: i I realized that we had we had made that journey and we were there yeah, you were already there um I play the piano, and years ago I had a, a piano teacher tell me and, and bring I'll tie it together in a minute mm-hmm. but i was I was taught that you want to bring the the entire universe all the way down into a finger and then put that into the piano and then let it unfold itself. And in order to be able to do that, there's a whole lot of practice, right? There's a, there's a certain, like, maybe you need the guidelines at some point, maybe you need the instructor at some point, but there comes a point where you have it in you now and it just comes out. Mm. And that's just the music of the heart, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that that expression between the two of you. And the only reason I'm I'm kind of pulling this out is not to put you on the spot, but because I think my listeners really need to hear this about love. They really need to hear this about making a commitment. Oh, don't say that word, <laughs> right?
2: You know, it's maybe 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 the c word is just too hard. <laughs> but but you know little by little by little it's it's really being being vulnerable and i know that's a scary thought too but it's in our vulnerability that we become that we become yeah that 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 vulnerability is actually powerful mm-hmm. and without vulnerability we cannot be creative we cannot there's so many things that we can't be and the prize is indescribable you know what you what you get in return and perfectly paired really is an invitation it's yeah. it's, it's an invitation uh, to what we all long for and and um many people who have read it have said something like that man said something he had been married for 30 years and he says i read your book and i kissed my wife harder than i've ever ever have thank you I just, yeah mm-hmm. you know i just it just woke up in me what the potential or the, what i've been holding back you know that that i've been holding back a little bit and it just was an invitation to just really
0: um go deeper into our relationship Thank you for that, because I'm going to point it out. I'm going to show people the book again, Perfectly Paired, by Bonnie Meyer. And um, I'm going to tell you that I, I read a lot of books. Obviously, I have to read at least one a week, right, for the radio show. And certain books have this energy about them, right, this heart. And this opens your heart. And it really does make you take a look at, well, what about love? You know, could there be that abiding love? Could there be that thing that helps get us through? And what about appreciation? Because, you know, I think resentment, lots of times resentment comes in and really gets in the way of couples, you know? And and maybe they forget that, that first love, but you guys managed to carry it through. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I would describe, <clears throat> Justin, well, there are a lot of ways I describe him. <laughs> Reverent and funny, but but he but he had what I call a lightness of being, where he didn't take himself too seriously.
1: <clears throat>
2: and when you when you have that in you, and I think that's so important for both people in a relationship, as a couple, when you have that, then the res- there's no room for resentment to take hold because resentment is a killer.
1: It
0: just White- is. Yeah, lightness of being. I think that's so great. And also, because I, you didn't actually say this, but I can hear him laughing. The ability to laugh at yourself, really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. or Absolutely. be silly, right? Be silly, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, which I think yeah. is a great gift and and um, a big heart. It's a big heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, we're actually going to take a station break, Mr. Benny. And um, my guest today, this is Loretta Brown. You're listening to the original Loretta Brown Show. And my book, uh, my guest is Bonnie Meyer, Perfectly Paired The Love Affair Behind Silver Oak Cellars. And when we get back, we're gonna talk more about the book, more about Bonnie and more about, about Napa Valley and what's happening. So we'll be right back.
1: Did you know that Reiki healing can be done at a distance? It's true. So let Reiki Oasis focus powerful energy to help relieve your stress, grief, sadness, anger, and so much more. Convenient, personalized treatments at a distance can increase lightness of being. During your appointment, find a quiet place to lie down or sit to receive healing energies. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today.
0: Hi, I'm Dr. Shelley Place with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. Kids are full of energy, but keeping them active in their teen years can be a challenge. Aim for an hour of physical activity every day. If they like sports, that's a great place to start. Keep the focus on fun, not winning, and encourage your child to do a variety of activities. If your child isn't meeting that 60-minute goal, gradually increase their activity in ways they enjoy.
1: For more, talk with your pediatrician or visit HealthyChildren.org. Time is funny. Sometimes it seems fast, another time slow. When it comes to time slots remaining on Alternative Talk 1150, time is running out. In fact, there are just a few primetime slots available. So if you want to host your own radio program, the time to call 425-653-1150 is right now. Nope, no time for excuses. Dial 425-653-1150 to find out how affordable it can be to host a radio show. Alternative Talk, we have an opportunity waiting just for you. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day.
0: Woohoo! Thank you, Betty. Have to have a lot of dance breaks during the day, that's how it is. Welcome back to the original Loretta Brown Show with my special guest, Bonnie Meyer. Perfectly paired is her love story about Silver Oak Cellars and her wonderful husband, uh, Justin. So, I want to talk a little bit, Bonnie, about. I mean, you obviously didn't, uh, as a girl, say, I would love to go into the wine business and and revolutionize Napa Valley, right? Right. <laughs> and yet that's really what happened. The two of you were a force to be reckoned with. So I've got a couple of questions. Um, did anywhere along the line it occur to you exactly how you were revolutionizing things or was it just really a gradual you know sometimes life just unfolds up in front of us it it definitely was was that um there are a couple stories
2: related to that Mm -hmm. Uh, one is release day so at Silver oak we made we just made cabernet and after about i don't know about five or six years after we had been selling our wines, people started. Uh, we would run out before the next release, and then on a certain day we would release our wines, and people began to fi- figure that out when when we were going to release them. We started. I new started a newsletter, and one day we had people waiting at the winery uh, before it opened, and they were standing by the front door, and we go. Well, hi, what are you guys doing here? Well, we're waiting for the release. And we go, okay, come in. And then the next time they were there really early. So we went and got coffee and donuts. And (laughs) we're not open yet, but here. And, and, um, and people will ask me, well, how did then, you know, years, years after about 2000 people would come to release day. And people say, how did you create that? And I said, we didn't create that. Um, We just responded to people coming, you know, as people started, some people started coming and staying overnight (laughs) in the parking lot. And then we gave them numbers so that they could go sleep and then come back. And, you know, we just kept responding to what, um, what was showing up in front of us and with, you know, with again, a measure of generosity and, and um, looking to see what might be needed or appreciated. And, and then our focus on Cabernet really had to do with, um, Justin at, at Christian Brothers had been making 40 different wines. And so he had one of those extreme reactions where you say, well, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna just make one and keep it simple. And his, um, so what was noticed in the Napa Valley was when we had release days and 2000 people would come, then other wineries decided they were going to have an event on that same day. So they could get some of those people. (laughs) And, and, and so there, all of a sudden there were all these release days on the same day. And then, um, because we were just focused on Cabernet and and other folks saw how much how popular the wines were they decided that that um, they would focus more and more on Cabernet and it was again it was Justin's idea Um, why did he choose Cabernet out of all the things that that he had made in the past the Christian Brothers he really strongly felt that, that it was the ideal grape for the Napa Valley and Alexander Valley, which is a little Northwest of here. Mm-hmm. And, and those are the two valleys that, that um, we started making wine from. And, and um, he was right, <laughs> you know? He, he decided that in the late 1960s um, and also decided, by the way, that, uh, that Americans are not going to buy wine and take it home and age it for 10 years. <clears throat> and that, that Cabernet really could use some age. And so we know we not only just made Cabernet, but we made five year old Cabernet, we didn't release it until it's five years old. <clears throat> and so I gave the wine an opportunity to, to soften and age um, beautifully and let, at least begin that process and so our wines were more elegant um when when they released than than other uh, other cabernets and so um yeah people started emulating wow. emulating that so but it was really just kind of note this the cabernet only was a decision but the but the kind of following the path. We really just
0: kept following the clues. I, I'm i really getting it. There was some sort of inspired path, right? You're just following it and it's unfolding in front of you. I'm also very clearly hearing uh, you say that you were uh, sort of at the, at the leading edge of that, like people are emulating you, copying you, which, you know, is a big compliment at some level, it right? Is. <laughs> Yeah. but wow um i'm also uh, you, you kind of had to scramble to stay ahead of it didn't you you know it sort of <laughs> pushed you
1: <laughs> now true.
0: during during this whole time here you are um learning about winemaking and and growing and being faced with all kinds of challenges and you also have children yeah <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's almost like you're like well, I had a baby. Now let's have a, an event, right? You know, <laughs> baby. Let me get back out there, right? <laughs> yeah.
2: What was kind of funny is you know we so we did do that. We had a second winery for a little while called Franciscan, mm-hmm. and um, our oldest was born this the same pretty much the same week that we started Franciscan, mm-hmm. and um, Chad and he was born and I was I had him in this front pack. Um, and just I I couldn't stop we were you know we were just opening this winery we bought it out of uh, bankruptcy and see we were um, very busy getting it up up and running and then um, Matt Matt was born a little over a year after that and then and then Holly and I was I remember with Holly nursing Holly and and negotiating with a a New York distributor who was trying to talk me into doing something I wasn't going to do <laughs> and thinking, this is really an interesting situation.
0: <laughs> That's great. Um, but I love that because you also ra- ran a winery and you, you were doing all this distributing or selling of wine in a day when women were not really a part of the scene. That's yeah. right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Janet trefuffin um, from Trifeth and Winery, and I were the first women to ever sell wine. Now, Loretta, more women are out there selling wine than men. Isn't I love it? that. Yeah, the distributors it. realize that women actually we um, we have a have a sensitivity and a and a way of describing wine that is a um, little different than than the typical guy, and and so. Yeah, we really blazed, blazed a trail. I was first told, Oh, no, you don't want to go into those wine shops into the back rooms. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Not a, not a place for
0: a lady. (laughs) Not a place for a lady. Uh,
2: Especially a pregnant, pregnant one, you know, (laughs) but there I was and, you know, we had, I had wine to sell. And so I just, um, I just did it and it wasn't so scary. And it, and, I think because I, I was the winery owner, people were excited to, to see me and to ask about what was going on in the Napa Valley and, and hear about the wines. So. Yeah.
0: so can you talk about Bonnie's Vineyard? What happened <laughs> with that? Mm-hmm. Because I, pr- I think it brings out a good point about your philosophy. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Bonnie's Vineyard, we, um, Justin gave me a horse as a wedding present he asked me what i wanted and of course yeah <laughs> he, 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 also, he said he he would tell later tell his friends i was hoping she would say me <laughs> 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 uh, but i said <laughs> i said a horse i'd always wanted a horse as a as a girl so he said okay and uh, and i had this horse and this is um you know in 1973 and four and five there were not a lot of fences there wasn't a lot as many vineyards here and um I actually would ride my horse across the, the highway which if you saw highway 29 right na- now there's you'd say there's no way <laughs> anybody would, would do that but I I, I did and And uh, one day I came upon a a little vineyard that was so pretty. And it had a little sign in front of it and it said, Martha's Vineyard. And so I rode my horse back home and that night Justin said, so what'd you do? And I told him about that ride and how about this pretty little vineyard with a sign. And just, you know, a casual statement. I said, wouldn't it be nice to have a vineyard named after you? You know, and just I thought, just how sweet that was. And this uh, four acres in front of my house had been um, my horse's playground. And soon after that, um, it was it was dissed and turned into vineyard. And And uh, we Justin started joking about it and said this can this can be your vineyard and i said oh yeah i'll take care of it well i didn't i had three by then you know three little babies and i <laughs> i didn't spend a lot of time in the vineyard pruning and doing other things and uh but we still joked about it being bonnie's vineyard and then one day uh one christmas justin took me out and he had had a sign made that said bonnie's vineyard oh. and it said in fact it's kind of silly it says welcome to bonnie's vineyard and or no you're entering no it says you are entering bonnie's vineyard and on the other side you are leaving bonnie's vineyard (laughs) just just like a uh um a a park you know a a national park sign (laughs) he he thought that was funny so so that sign is is still there and um a few years after that, he started making wine and realized it had something really special to it, um, and um, so we started making Bonnie's Vineyard wine, and it was like one of the first cult cult wines. Martha's Vineyard, I didn't know that at the time, but Martha's Vineyard was the first cult wine, and Bonnie's Vineyard was the second, wow. and and um, then it became too popular, and we couldn't make enough, so we stopped making it. Yeah. which is <laughs> which is nobody does that, but but we did. Um, yeah. uh, but the end of that story is actually my son Matt at Meyer Meyer Cellars makes Bunny's Vineyard again, and you can you can uh, um, taste that wine from this this special beloved vineyard in front of my house.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Now um, you had such a wonderful life, and and everybody can read more about it in Perfectly Paired, your book. But then there came that day where Justin passed o- over to the other side, and it happened so rapidly. Here you are in the fullness of life, and then he and he passes on.
2: Yeah, he 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 died of a heart attack, um, very suddenly, and. I had um, Loretta. I had read uh, a couple books on near-death experiences and had read about how pe- people would could see their body you know yes have left their body and they could see and they could see what was going on when I realized that he had uh, that he had died I um, I became instead of historical other people around me there were we were had other people there, um, you know, thought that I would be hysterical, and and I just became very quiet and was actually in 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 shock, but in reverence at the same time. And and um, I could really feel his his spirit there with me, wow. and. Um, but it was, you know, we were so close that it was really hard. Yeah. You know, the grief was just so hard. And a couple days after that, um, my daughter was in the, in our bed. I was kind of tucking her into, into the bed. She had returned home because of his death and we were quietly talking and I was sitting on the bed. She was there and, and all of a sudden a pebble flew out across the room and landed at my feet
0: wow
2: um there was a little niche in the wall with a with a little fountain and a pebble just you know about 10 or 12 feet and holly and i looked down at the pebble and then we looked at each other and then we looked down at the pebble again (laughs) and looked at each other and finally she just quietly said hi daddy yeah she knew she knew it was him yeah she knew it was him, and that was the first, um, the first thing that he did, to let me know, to let us know that he was he was there with us, and and his way of comforting us. Um, later on, he he went on to turn Holly's stereo on every evening when it was about time for her to go to sleep. Her, you know, it would the stereo would go on, and and um, the funny thing that happened for me for about a year is that is um, there was a hairdryer that kind of broke that, that same day that after he died. Um, that broke and kept kept kind of going on. When I would be most upset, the hairdryer would just go on and just go crazy, be really loud. And as I calmed down, the hairdryer would calm down. Wow. And and wow. The thing that was so funny about that is Justin hated that hair dryer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's funny sense of humor. It's right? just his sense
2: of humor that he would. Um, but um, I talk about those stories in the in the book. Well, and then later on, we we had we actually continued our love affair in other ways. Um, which are described in in perfectly perfectly paired but um i've since met many people Loretta, that they notice things happening lights flickering Mm -hmm. extra butterflies oh we did notice a lot of yeah a lot of butterflies after justin died too Mm -hmm. Um, that seems to be common but people will see those things and 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 notice those things and then they won't they they won't allow themselves to, to believe it's their beloved, mm-hmm. you know, their beloved partner or parents or you know brother what, whatever they just won't allow themselves to to let it in, and um, which is really sad that our culture kind of teaches us to not allow ourselves to be comforted by those connections. Yeah. And and so I talk a lot about that in, in Perfectly paired, just because I it's an invitation to shift our culture yeah. and and um, uh, uh, normalize, normalize these uh, these things.
0: Yeah, I, I so agree with you. I, I talk about it with people all the time, but I highly recommend I. I, I'm, I'm watching our time because I want to bring out a couple of their points. I would love to be able to spend quite a bit of time talking about, um, your experiences with your breath work and the Monroe Institute, where you literally reconnect with Justin and, and have such a profound experience with him. And this idea that, that, that the soul goes on, right? Like he's still here, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yep. Yep. So yeah, I, I, someone gave me a book by Robert Monroe, and I got really intrigued uh, with it because I had had some spontaneous dreams of Justin and found them comforting, but I couldn't, but frustrating that I couldn't have those dreams whenever I wanted. <laughs> and, and um, so ultimately I attended a Monroe course and on the third day or fourth day all of a sudden in one of my meditations he was like right in front of me inches his face was inches from my face and it was just um it was passionate it was thrilling um and i you know i'm gonna say something that's gonna sound silly but you know we we kissed we embraced and it feels it's it's so real yeah. And you think, well, how do you do that with a, a spirit? But think about think about what kissing is. When you really are passionately kissing somebody, it's not their physical being. You're feeling their spirit. And so it's not so different when that person is not in physical form anymore. Yeah. Uh,
0: what I love about this is because he is very present. And I was sharing with you during the break. He has continued to flip my lights on and off. (laughs) I'm like, now they're off again. Okay, we'll see what happens. But um, he's very much here, very powerful, loving um, spirit with you. Um, After Justin died, you made a vow to make a difference in the world. What was that vow? And how are you achieving it?
2: I became acquainted with a, um, a Jewish tradition that the sons take on the most important characteristics of the person who has passed, and that was founded very meaningful to me. So I so I thought about the things that um, that I thought were most um, impactful about Justin's character, and I dedicated to myself to be uh, more genuine and generous, um, to live boldly with personal integrity, um, unpretentious self-confidence, <clears throat> which he had, and joyful humor. And and um, not that I didn't have any of these qualities, but I really began to focus on them more and more. And especially the boldness. I, during our time together, I really allowed him to be the front man and I was the you know the person in the background kind of making things happen and and um i've really stepped out and um and done things that many things that i wouldn't have done otherwise and current currently it takes the form of um investing we we sold silver oak and right before he died and so um i'm now a full-time investor really and and I invest in in companies that make the world better in some way or another, and regenerative regenerative companies. And, and uh, at the time, nobody was doing that, or very few people. And I was advised not to do it, but I did it anyway, and I'm still doing it. So it's that kind of that that kind of thing. I think has has been um, supported by um, this dedication. To
0: being more bold and, and and uh and generous and i'm going to uh, uh, read something that i took off of your meyer family enterprises webpage in uh, in we do investments in ventures that support healthy environmental economic and social outcomes i just think that is fantastic um, you're doing such a fantastic work and we could probably spend a whole show talking about that right I do want to ask you we probably have about two minutes or three minutes I do want to ask you about the fires in Napa Valley and um, has that affected things Uh, I I realize it's got to be a a faster answer than shorter or longer yeah yeah
2: yeah Um, so we um, for the first time in my in my time here we did not harvest any uh, red grapes Oh, wow. So so none of the grapes from Bonnie's Vineyard or um, and vineyards around me were were harvested because the smoke um, gets on the outside of the grapes and, and ends up making wine that tastes like it has cigarette ash in it. it just is not, yeah, it's not good. Um, there are many whites that were ma- made. Uh, the whites are different. You, you harvest them earlier before the fires. And so, but you won't see um, you won't see too many red wines out of Napa Valley
0: this year. Wow! Yeah, it's kind of amazing how how that affects everything. Very, very, mm-hmm. uh, very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do have, a, according to my producer, we've got two minutes. Okay. And what what else would you like to tell people? And where can they find more information about you? <laughs> closing
2: remarks um, closing remarks um you can find uh, perfectly paired on my website which is bonniemeyer.com b-o-n-n-y-m-e-y-e-r you can find it there you can find it at amazon <laughs> you can find it at amazon um you can uh so that's where you can find the book and and find more about me um mf enterprises you can look on my on my uh, business website and find out more about regenerative agriculture and regenerative investing um my the the words i'd like to leave everyone with is um again an invitation to being vulnerable um and to to really step in deeply to, to love and to step deeply into grief. Um, it's when, um, when I really allowed myself to, to grieve and we're all grieving right now. You know, we're grieving things are not the way they used to. I can't get together with my friends the way I used to. Maybe my, um, I've lost a job or a favorite uh, restaurant has closed um, or I've lost, lost friends. To COVID so we're all in grieving it's in in uh, it's in opening ourselves to grief that we get to experience the gift of grief which is really an opening of the heart in ways that nothing else um, can uh, can accomplish so be open to love be open to grief